Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the Melbourne region to discuss industry passions, challenges and ideas. My name's Abby Green and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the software engineering market. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organisation. So welcome back to another episode of the Evolution Exchange Australia. Today, I'm joined by a number of tech leaders with an, a vast amount of experience. And um, we have Grang, the engineering manager from Australia Post. We have Charu, who's a tech lead from Bunnings. We have Jay, who's the lead product delivery coach for Culture Amp. And we have Nick, the engineering and platforms manager from OFX. So today we're going to discuss the topic around how do you keep your development team engaged? And before we delve a bit deeper into the topic, let's just work our way around the room and do some introductions. So Gorang, would you like to kick us off? Sure. Um, hello everyone. Uh, Gorang Vyas, uh, engineering manager, uh, working in Australia Post uh, since last 10 years. Uh, started my career as a, as a Java developer uh, during early 2000 and then been in tech space since then. Been in various tech leadership roles uh, over last 10 years at AP and, and led a number of teams um, of consist of developers as well as the SRE engineers. Over the last few years, uh, one of my passion has been uh, developing highly uh, engaged teams, highly high performing teams and being able to consistently achieve uh, the employee engagement score uh, of uh, well over 85% compared to the industry average of uh, 65%. Um, and look, I've always been a strong advocate uh, for a, uh, for a team culture and, and importantly, right people in the right role um, and, and seeing individuals develop and grow themselves. Um, and most importantly, uh, their uh, psychological safety and, and overall well-being. Thanks for inviting me and uh, great to be here. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, Charu, would you like to introduce yourself? Yep, for sure. So, hi, everyone. As you might know, my name is Charu. And I'll start with my personal front and then quickly talk about my professional space. So, I'm basically from India. We came to Melbourne in like 2016 with my husband. And since then, we are blessed with two little kids. And then on... Like in terms of my hobbies, I don't have enough time as you can imagine with small kids, but <laughs> I like to play badminton and walk whenever I can. I love plants, but in my 10 years, I barely managed to keep any plant alive. So I just give up on that one. So in terms of my professional experience, I got 13 years experience as a full stack. And in Bunnings, I'm like working as a tech lead. We're the sole motto of the whole team is actually to deliver the best digital experience for both our retail and trade customers like commercial customers so as today's topic is to keep how we can keep our dev teams engaged that's basically what we keep checking on quite regularly in bunnings that is the best part i love being part of that company because they have very high people culture and give so much emphasis on the personal and professional development of the team we working with. So today I'm like looking very forward to learn from you guys how you keep your teams engaged so I can take some good ideas and try out with my team. So yep, thanks for having me Abby. Thank you. Oh no, my pleasure. Thank you so much for that. Um, Jay, would you like to kick us off your introduction? Sure thing. Hi folks, uh, my name is Jay and I'm the lead product delivery coach at Culture Amp. 
Um, I'm, I'm a father of two, and on the personal front, uh, that means of, when I say of two, they're 13 and, and 10, and so they're pretty active kids, and they're into, into their sports. And so outside of work time, you'll probably see me and find me driving them around to various different sporting activities or involved in some way in their sporting activities, be it basketball or calisthenics. Outside of that, I run a um, I run a meetup group called Remote Lane Coffee. It's been going for a number of years, and it's a little community of, uh, of agilists. Um, so we have a fortnightly meetup. So a little plug there. Check us out on remote uh, on meetup.com, Remote Lane Coffee. From a work front, uh, like I said, I'm the lead product delivery coach at Coltramp. This topic around engagement is uh, is super interesting to me. Um, Coltramp uh, has an engagement product as one of our core products in our product suite. Um, so yeah, love love this topic. Uh, prior to Culture Amp, I've worked in a number of different um, industries from uh, from the travel industry in uh, Lonely Planet um, back in the uh, mid two thousands uh, to a larger enterprise. So Garang working at Australia Post, a little bit of, a little bit of crossover <laughs> there, working in the enterprise of Australia Post, and uh, more recently uh, companies like Bardo. Um, yeah, I'm passionate about working closely with teams, growing, um, growing people, and uh, and working on um, working on amazing products. A little bit about me. Perfect, Jay. Thank you so much. Um, and last but not least, Nick, please would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi. So my name's Nick LaMarshall. I'm a um, we call it engineering and platform manager at OFX. So um, and yeah. So a little bit about myself. Like I worked. My, I started off electronics. Worked for myself for about twenty years, so you know, started off just 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 me, and then um, eventually had a couple of people, and then at some point, sort of moved from working to my for myself. Um, basically, uh, graduated by working for a bigger company, and then a bigger company again. So um, I, I went from very much a engineer, developer, sole contributor sort of thing, and then you know, uh, it's probably a traditional story. You know, I had a few people I had to manage, and then. Mm-hmm turned out actually quite like that so you know then it was a few more people and then it sort of <laughs> then it became a lot of people and then yeah so it's sort of it very much a journey right the first guy i managed i had absolutely no idea what i was doing right like <laughs> um and and um but um, oh i really just want to go back to the code but you know after i worked at it and learned some things and you know learned to relate to to people, you know that that are that are that are managing. Um, it, it turns out it's it's a really rewarding um, career, you know, to be a manager. So um, I still really like sort of peeking at the code every now and again, but I haven't quite weaned myself off that. So yeah, um, I'm I'm interested in anything engagement, right? Because of the, um, that we, you know, earlier in the year I had you know like quite a lot of direct reports, and you know you have to be kind of efficient right because you can't spend unlimited time with with everybody working for you so um yeah very much looking forward to this conversation Nick. thank you so much for that um and i'd just like to take this opportunity just to thank you all for all of your contributions to the evolution exchange Um, i've really enjoyed getting to know you all as individuals over the past few weeks and really excited to get us kicked off around the topic so again just to discuss how do we keep our development teams engaged so the first question surrounding this is is more broad so I'll, I'll put this to the group but what does a highly engaged team look like to you 
So, Goran, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, so, look, it's highly engaged in something. Um, people feel that it's it's a it's a great place to work overall, uh, and and to me, the the test is passed when they recommend that place to work uh, to their friends uh, or the people they know. Um, saying, "Hey, this is uh, Australopost is, is is a great place to work. Um, I have a I have a uh, you know vacancy uh, in my team or or, or or other team. You know, you should apply for it. You know, and that that's that's a true test that you know someone is recommending um, and 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 clearly uh, advocating that that's that's a great place to work. Yeah. Um, and look, surrounding that, there there are various aspects." Uh, goes that which which where where you see people collaborating, uh, you see people uh, you know uh, diverse people having uh, those conversations where uh, they agree, uh, and and they also agree that they disagree, and 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 those mm-hmm. those conversations uh, are 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 happening with the with 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 the with with the full respect to each other and 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 having that healthy uh, environment so and and you will uh, in the end people feel empowered you know uh, that they they feel that they are taking the initiatives on their own and 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 they feel safe about speaking speaking out calling out something and then that's where that's where the team becomes highly engaged high performing self governing and and those that that's that's those those kind of uh, uh, good behaviours you see. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Jay, is there anything that you'd like to add in terms of um, a highly engaged team and what it kind of looks like to you? Yeah, just to build on that, also like inside of the team, you know, connected to it's connected to goals and a mission. So that that at a company level, so it could be the goals of the company, the values of the company uh, that you're working for. Also, like what you want to get out of your time in the team and 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 the team, the wider team itself. So having awareness of everyone's goals at a personal level and you can connect to those and um yeah the ability to grow and learn together yeah no 100 percent. charu is there anything you'd like to add yeah i would love to uh build up on what like Gorang you just said like if you if you want to see how engaged people are with the company you will find out that they really love to take initiatives they try to find out what are the gaps in the process and how they could be f- filled up like they comes up with an idea by themselves you don't really have to go and tell them okay this is not working they tell you okay this could work better if you do it this way and then they try a way out so another important thing which i personally felt is like if people love their workplaces and feel connected they always you can feel that positive vibes when Mm -hmm. they are around like they love to greet people like even if they're not part of their team at the coffee places you know at the other other meetup places they always talk love to greet love to engage so that's i think one of the things you can see like there is no quantitative measurement you cannot measure but this is something you can feel as part of engaged teams yeah, fantastic. Yeah. That's an amazing point. Um, and Nick, is there anything that you'd like to add in terms of what a highly engaged team looks like to you? I think they've you know, all covered a fair bit of it. I mean, uh, there's sort of 
you know what jay was saying like one of the things you find is yeah like um when you're discussing whatever it is you know that sort of you know they're engaged if they're participating they're sort of interested in in what what it is how this thing's going to be done what it means etc and then hopefully you know once they sort of get interested you can start to kind of get them to feel that they're really making a difference like what they're doing because that's part of it right people want to know that they're actually delivering something useful that you know there's a customer or a, or you know something on the business side or or even just other engineers that they're delivering something that's important for someone and then you know from that they're just going to want to you know deliver basically right like i mean we're talking about engagement but it's that these things naturally come out of it um, and you know, when they start and if they, if they, if they believe what they're doing is important, they'll start delivering and then they'll find that actually they're better. They actually are better than they ever thought they could be. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it sort of becomes a lot easier instead of feeling like you're pushing a massive weight up a hill, suddenly the team sort of, you know, well, yeah. they don't need a manager or, or they need the manager less in a way, <laughs> right? They sort of, they just do it mm. and they, and, and because they care also about what's being delivered, it means they're much more willing to help each other, to collaborate. You know, it's not just about how can I get my piece of code out the door? It's like, oh, you know, Bill over there is having a bit of trouble with whatever, some ball request or something. I'm happy to go and help because I know it's all about, you know, sometimes I'm actually talking to my guys about, um, you know, um, the most people can get very focused on exactly what they're doing, but but actually at the end of the day, it's what the team's doing. You know, that's what's important to most. You know, people outside the team don't really mind if Builder gets his full request. What they care about is like the the whole team delivering. So that sort of engagement, helping others, feeling like you're doing something important. It just it just it all just comes together. Yeah. You know, fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, and this leads quite well on to our next question, which is around how do you effectively measure team engagement? So we've touched on what engagement looks like to you individually, but Jay, how would you effectively measure the team's engagement? So we do this in a, in a, in a few ways, right? And, and having an engagement product at the heart of what we do uh, helps us do that. So we're customer zero of our, of our product. Uh, so we run half yearly based quarterly or it's a half yearly based surveys, engagement surveys. And uh, we use that data and that's kind of our baseline for engagement overall. So we can see the trend that's happening over time and we can get, um, you know, based on the themes that we're pulling out, some actions. We also run a quarterly pulse check on those half yearly surveys. So you are getting a survey like once a quarter, but that, that quarter dial is more of a pulse check to see if it's trending the right way or, or if you need to to jump in and uh, intervene or look for explore some actions or, or themes that's very much a, a lagging sort of level at, the, at, a, at, a, at a company sort of level down into the team and the practices and, and things like that we look at it sort of more like in the moment style um engagement so looking at, at retrospectives and and what are you getting out of your retrospective both for your system of work but also how the team is um, in those moments and and usually things like check-ins and um and, and health checks overall to look at our our team's ways of working and, and get an understanding of the various different levels of engagement so that's some of the things that uh that we do a culture around to to measure our engagement cycles but i'd be keen to hear what others are doing yeah no absolutely great insight there thank you so much Karang. um how would you effectively measure your team's engagement um so we have uh uh, annual um, survey uh, we call it uh, APV survey which um, is measuring the engagement score uh, for uh, enterprise wide and 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 of course uh, you 
you your team is part of that um, and and that that looks at various aspects uh, not just at the team level but also at the at the enterprise level how how uh, people are connected to the to overall vision uh, how people are connected to um, the the customer aspect of it customer uh, succession um, how people are connected to uh, the processes uh, which is a big part when when it comes down to a developer who wants to get things done quickly in a large enterprise uh, it is a challenge um and 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 most importantly one of the one of the key culture pillar for australia post is safety uh, which is um both physical as well as mental safety uh, which is uh, which is a key uh, measure for us uh, on the on the engagement uh, make sure that uh, you know people uh, are feeling um, safe and and respected in the in the work environment uh and 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 diversity and and inclusion so so uh the the pulse check uh not pulse check but the ap apb survey covers um uh, covers these broad aspects and then on top of that we have uh, we have uh those retrospectives uh weekly catch-ups um and and also sometimes uh sometimes having something non uh, informal um, does also help uh, when sometimes you hear something really interesting when you are out on a team lunch or 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 on on a drinks uh, and and that that way again it's it's nothing formal like you just heard something but then that that you come back to work and that gets you thinking that or oh, or oh, I think that feedback was 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 a good one in a in a constructive feedback and I. We should probably follow up on that. Uh, have a, have a have a one-on-one conversation or have a team discussion on that, uh, just to see how everyone feels about that. So again, there's there's various ways, but uh, in line with what uh, what uh, Jay said. Yeah, well, and like you say, there's a number of variables to consider as well. Um, Charu, what what would how would you effectively measure your team's engagement? Yeah, I think like both of them pretty pretty much covered it. But uh, one of the other ways is to look out for how people feel about coming to office. Like if you see there is a lower absent, you know, absenteeism, then means like people don't feel engaged. They like to work in their silos. They don't feel happy coming to office. That's one of the things. And other thing which I personally try with my teams is like one to one check ins, and it's not always one. it's not always like one way feedback it's like getting feedback from them if you helping or supporting them in a positive way to feel them connected or not like to take those inputs from them as well there you get an idea plus from like from some of the past experience i have observed if people feel engaged and they feel challenged that okay yes they are learning something new every day which helps them to grow personally then they they try to take initiatives like they know okay this is one of the thing we have to deliver they don't maybe don't know the system not don't know the things but if they really connected to the team they would be happy to take initiative reach out to other teams and try to come back with that knowledge build up and share with the rest of the team so all these little measurements it's it's tells you like how engaged uh, a member is with the team Yeah, no, 100%. Thank you so much, Charu. Um, and Nick, is there anything you'd like to add in terms of effectively measuring team engagement? Yeah, I think it, it, we've, we've covered a lot of it. Um, 
I mean, in terms of actual metrics, I mean, Jerry touched on it, but obviously, um, you know, if you're finding people, yeah, taking days off, not really making it to work, you know, sort of, well, this is remote only, right? So it sort of tends to, you know, cameras off, you know, tone of voice, all those sorts of things. There's, there's metric, you know, such as the, yeah, the engagement surveys and all that sort of thing. But, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, cues you can pick up on always throughout the day right whether it's a team meeting whether it's a one-on-one whether it's you know who's um yeah who's who's turning up late leaving early all those sorts of things um it's important to notice these things um so that you know some of the other metrics which you you know doing this but you don't really want to have to look at them is you know how many (laughs) you know what's the turnover like you know are people recommending to work at these companies so you want to get get the early feedback so you don't end up with the feedback that's like um actually why are we losing all our developers or something like that so um yeah yeah no so we had a good point as well and myself as a recruiter we hear a lot of um, feedback from candidates and they really shout about amazing companies that they've worked at previously so it's nice that that's recognized amongst yourselves as well um which leads us quite well onto our next question which is around what kind of strategies can you use to increase engagement or what works best for you um so Brian, i'll start with yourself what kind of strategies could be used to increase engagement yeah sure um uh, so good to talk about a uh, few things which nick um touched on earlier um so the key principle we worked around is uh, three C's for attracting and, and retaining the right talent, which is uh, community um, choice and contribution. And and community is such a big part of it, um, uh, you know, uh, keeping the people uh, uh, engaged uh, in the in the work environment, uh, you know, having them join with a shared purpose uh, and, and vision and the goals and, and then and then and then giving them the right tools uh, you know um, it's sometimes developers are so um, specific about uh, their work environments um, and up to down to the their, their desk height and some down, down to the size of their monitor and and trust me that that is what the number of monitors they get in the work environment so 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 uh, you know someone um, someone did quote uh, that you know uh, with with the to a tradie if you give give him could be the best tradie but if you give him the wrong tools then then he would not be able to do the best job um, same same goes for developers so empowering them with the right tools giving them the right vision uh, and goals, which is which is which is definitely uh, our role, and then and then we make sure that team members uh, have uh, have have a, a safe working environment. They respect and trust each other. Uh, trust is such a big part of it. Uh, that that uh, you know when uh, when we are trying to achieve uh, a sh- uh, have a have a shared goal, um, then then you'll definitely have to rely on each other uh, to. To complete the work, um, so that's community uh, choice, uh, empowered to make decisions. Uh, again, um, rather than uh, them being micromanaged or or being told what to do next, and sometimes they 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 uh, they, they feel uh, really engaged if they are if they are able to take some calls on their own, um, and and that that's just part of you know you part of your team norms, team principle, um, which which then brings up. The, the team's confident um, if they are able to make their uh, own decisions um, 
And in the end, in the end, you know, I I, I often say to my team that you know my goal is to make my my role redundant, you know, so so you guys can just work it out <laughs> yourself, um, and 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 operate and and happy days. Um, and and the third C is contribution. So so each one of us we feel that we we are coming to work. We 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 are, we are logging on or physically coming into office. Um, nine o'clock every morning, and 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 every one of us feel like that we want to do something. We want to contribute to something, which is which is bigger than what I do on a day-to-day basis in my regular life. You know, so we all we all would like to think that what we do, what I'm doing, is helping someone, or someone cares about it. Especially for us to post as a, as a, as a as a community organization, it's. It's it's a very big part of it, um, and 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 having that that connection, uh, saying, okay, I'm cutting the cord for this particular feature, but that means this, and and that contribution, uh, this is what I'm contributing to uh, overall. Um, that makes a massive difference on the on the engagement, um, and and uh, again, oh, it's. Uh, you know, team they they feel that they are contributing to such a large cause and then fundamental to the work they do on daily day to day basis. So, and and way to various other um, other team um, um, team events, which which sort of goes around these three C's: community choice, contribution, and 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 we make sure you know developers uh, they. Um, they, they feel they feel happy about their work of course and like you say is really comes back to that seeing the bigger picture as well across the whole of the business um, and working collaboratively like Chari mentioned earlier um is there anything that you'd like to add Chari in terms of strategies to kind of increase engagement or what works best for you um, yeah, I'd like to share a few quick examples. Like one of the things which works for us is gamifying the things just to make it a little bit more on the fun side rather than making it look more compulsory. So to give you an example, we really wanted devs to start working on the readme files. You know, we are so busy doing other stuff. We often forget to make it up to the date. So we kind of gamify it and said, okay, we'll have a competition. And after 15 or after a sprint, we will see which team has the best readme file and you won't believe mm-hmm. with the outcome like everybody spent it was so good like i don't even know like you can do all those markdowns like even though that initiative is not carried by me it's carried by some other member but that really worked out so well so now we have such a good readmes in the office so like it's one of the ways to increase the engagement and other thing which i personally experienced when i joined is like you can really create a culture of sharing and care you can assign buddies to a people like to smooth that onboarding thing so onboarding doesn't really means to be somebody joining the company for the first time it could be onboarding with anything for example if you want to increase participation in your brown bag sessions then you could assign a buddy to someone who never goes to a brown bag session they don't know what to expect from it like how to contribute then it becomes so much easy because you always feel like you got a back you have someone like a go-to person so that encourages you to go and try out things so which eventually builds up that engagement with on the first hand so yeah these few things no, of course, of course. Nick, is there anything that you'd like to add in terms of increasing engagement? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've mentioned quite a lot, right? So um, the other one is, yeah, um, uh, it's important to sort of um, have a, a path for growth for the developers. So I know Growing mentioned about the autonomy, you know, um, tr you know, avoid micromanaging, make sure, you know, if you give them, if you, if you give people ownership of something, dog, it, it just goes together, right? Like if you, if you own something, you care about it, you're naturally going to get engaged. Um, but, you know, I'll go, what goes along with that is as you let people, you know, sort of kind of get out of their way and let them, let them um own things and and make decisions and whatever they'll naturally yeah they'll naturally become engaged so not only is it a way to build better talent but it's also a way to um increase engagement yeah of course of course Karang, is there anything you'd like to add uh yeah i was gonna say about the uh, onboarding part um and I want to share share um the process what we do uh, on onboarding front is um Typically, when someone joins the organization, they, they, they get a little bit brief on what, what the organization is. And, and, and there you go. This is your laptop, your dev environment, and you start cutting the code. Um, the way in last uh, couple of years, we have changed the process slightly and, and we have made sure that um, so we've, we've internally prepared a pack on, on um, the induction of uh, of the what australia post is but not only just up to that limit but also about um what do we do about what do we do about the um the the, the products uh the the uh, how do we move the parcel from a to b you know um they 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 understand they appreciate uh you know the complexity of the environment they understand and appreciate the the scale of the business, how large the business is, and 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 then they understand who are the real customers. Uh, you know, they understand the terms because sometimes you know, developers is a developer has joined in, and 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 three months later, someone uh, mentioned a term called manifest or something like that. And so I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, well, this is all <laughs> part of our induction that they yeah. go through. Uh, you know, um, a good couple of hours video or, or a good powerpoint slide where where they understand and then then we have we have a one-on-one discussion with them as well so do you understand the products we offer do you understand the department we departments various areas we have do you understand the, the how we move the parcel from a to b do you understand how it gets delivered do you understand the scanners we use it's those sort of things and 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 it's it's more about understanding the the business and then understanding the domain and then say, all right, this is your task. And the big picture, what you looked at in last in your first two days of jo joining here, you're solving that tiny part of that big picture. <laughs> and that that is so so refreshing and so engaging. And I've had feedback from various developers saying they 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 haven't had this type of experience in in their previous uh, roles. In other companies, other organizations, so I, I think that's 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 very yes. very important, and and also um, also they get familiar with all the um, all the uh, acronyms, <laughs> all the short forms, <laughs> um, because I'm sure there's uh, they are they are not enough, and um, you know um, oh, they could be mean many different things, uh, all the TLAs, three-letter acronyms. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, of course. Thank you so much for that insight as well, the guy into Australia Post. That was fantastic. Um, and last but not least, Jay, um, what kind of strategies have worked best for you? Um, I think like one one theme from this is leaning in um, and building relationships with people, and that's a slower burn. It takes time, but it's obviously yeah. the long term payoff that you that you're looking for. And and so you know, as as a leader, you know, leading inside of teams, yeah, building those relationships, getting a deep understanding of, of, of folks, listening to them, and like like we've already sort of discussed, like those moments where oh, this person might need to need help and need to lean in a bit more, or see if they want me to lean in a little bit more or you know where where uh generally we we are going well or not um so yeah relationship building is key to me yeah fantastic i love the people approach as well like you say um so the next question that we have is more so, uh, more around uh, specific tech stacks so how do you engage developers who are more inclined um in a specific tech stack that want to work in a new tech stack um, they may resist going out of that native skill. So, Charu, how would you kind of manage that? Um, first of all, I think the very first step is to actually sit down with the developer and to understand what is the problem, like why they are resisting. There could be, in my perspective, two things. Like they might be resisting because they lack the skill, which is easy to support. Or other could be because they lack the attitude which is the hard bit to actually manage. So like if they lack the skill, it's it's easy. Like you can provide them uh, trainings. It could be inbound or outbound. Like in Bunnings, we do have a concept of guilds, which is like uh, we got guild for every platform. We have a very wide tech stack here. So we got a guild meeting, which happens every fortnightly. And that's like a very open platform for everybody. Nobody owns the guild. Everyone can come and contribute and learn from each other. So that's one way. And other could be you could have official trainings like we have an official budget where you can go to conference, go to different trainings, do whatever you want. That that's uh, that bit is easy. And, you know, like the second is second things which I personally try out with my team is like if you want to upskill somebody on something, we try to pair them up with other developer who is already well known or has a proficiency. Then the model we tried is like uh, driver and navigator who doesn't know the skill, he acts as a driver who's actually driving, but who know the skill is more of a navigator sitting at the backside, but guiding the person, like how to do it. So that really worked for us. That, that's something if only the skill is lacking. But if it's the attitude problem, then some of the other things you can try, maybe one of the uh, one of you can say the slogan, which is very famous and I've seen in my career is lead by example you can always try to step in into that gray area where you want your team to work. And then you first go and see how it feels like, what are the things um, I can bet like your team will follow. If you take the lead, they will follow you and they'll come along and learn. So that's really worked. And sometimes, uh, sometimes some kind of recognition and motivations also worked. It is good if you can support it with the financial incentives, but uh, at times, to be honest, we don't have that big budget to support that. So even small mm. things will work, like giving them dining vouchers, movie vouchers, or just giving them in Bunnings, we have a very good concept of give people who did small things like a card. We we have a card called you did good. So it's it's just like a recognition card. You, you give it to them like 
personally thanking them for their contributions it could be as small as raising a pr into a new code base it it doesn't have to be really big initiative but it's something which motivates people so that's that what i have seen and other things i think you can try kids like talking to them understand what their personal development goals are for example if a dev told me yes they are keen to learn something new into the database then i might go back and see okay can i support that is there a database things coming up and is there a scope for him because that would automatically motivate that person to learn because that aligns with his goals as well so that that sometimes really work and it's not always possible but wherever just try to align and last thing which i think we have discussed couple of time also is like putting trust in your team like you got to trust them you know they haven't done this thing before but they are eager or they might not be so you have to you have to show them yes you trust them they can do it this gives like you know uh, the feeling that okay you have somebody you you're not afraid trying out new things so i think these few little things could uh, encourage them or help them to be engaged yeah no fantastic works you made there charo thank you so much for that insight um karang is there anything that you would like to add um yeah look one of the challenge what we have is um <clears throat> the the balance between legacy uh, environment and and the the legacy tech stack and the and the and the cloud uh, tech stack as uh, as most of the uh, enterprises and uh, uh, most of the large organizations they they take they take a number of years to transform from legacy to uh, to the cloud native environment and and the challenge is, has always been trying to convince developer to work on the legacy stack for some time um because everyone wants to work on the latest uh, cloud native uh, application and latest cloud native environment and 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 the way um we we have approached so far is is very simple approach we make sure that people are are not stuck on the legacy tech stack for too long um and 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 they we, we keep rotating them and make sure that if they worked on legacy version of spring or java uh, for on a particular application for uh, a month then 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 they move on to the, the next piece of work they get allocated is something which is uh, based in cloud native uh, cloud uh, and and that that kind of work and we also um convincing and 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 sort of uh, communicating to the team that we are in the journey of transformation uh, and it is not a not a 12 month process it could take number of years so they know that that's the end game and and in the in the process that's what uh, they they might have to work on some legacy tech stack uh, some days um and sort of that's how we are uh we are trying to make sure that they they are still happy on working on the legacy tech stack yeah no of course thank you so much for insight as well grand um and nick what are your thoughts um in regards to specified tech stack yeah, this is Yeah, it's something kind of <laughs> dear to my heart, right? This this uh, challenge, you know, I, I feel like the the two things, the two um, places where I often see this is like Gurung was talking about with the the legacy stuff. Like, there's always some old crusty stuff in the corner that no one wants to touch, and then <laughs> the other one is the you know front end and back end devs is the other one where it's like you 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 know you most of our people 
are um are full stack full stack for us anyway where they can happily jump between the two but there's you know let's just say one or two teams that they tend, they tend to have a predominance of say you know front end talent or back end or something like that so it can be a challenge with the um with the legacy one um yeah i try to i was trying to think how to phrase this i try to see if i can kind of make you know turn on the light at the end of the tunnel like basically emphasize and actually not not just emphasis it's not just words it's not just reassurance actually kind of think strategically and and take into account that you know if if we're going to get this team to work on a bunch of stuff that no one wants to touch there should be some sort of you know reward effectively like we try and work it so that you'll be also porting stuff to you know building new stuff to replace it wherever possible to sort of you know make it fair um you know try not to yeah like garon says just you know leave people on this legacy stuff and they never get to do anything you and call right um it, it's it's a thing of like you know you work on the legacy stuff you also get to do some really cool stuff on the front end build some new features maybe stuff that you know other teams would love to do but actually we're gonna we're gonna reserve it for you so that's there's an element of that and then the, with the front end back end thing it, it's more of a um you know um so for me it's funny um i you know I've, when i was an engineer like i I was particularly really liked to do new things. I was very much like a, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, right? So if you know, somebody needed to do some JavaScript, I'd go and learn that. If somebody, you know, someone, if Perl was needed, I'd go and, what is this? But, you know, whatever it was. Um, so to me, I was like, I really enjoy learning. And I uh, often the way I try and solve it, I'll sit down with the engineers and say, hey, you know, okay, you're a JavaScript developer. You've never touched, say, Java or .NET or whatever it is. Um, but you know, if you learn this, we're not expecting you to be an amazing tech lead overnight, but you know, you'll, you know, you'll improve your chances of getting a job. You'll unblock yourself because the front end guys will often get held up because there's one little change there on the back end and they don't know how to do it, whatever. But you know, if they just do a little bit of learning, they'll be a better engineer. They'll get a better job next time. You, you never know. They might actually like it and go and actually just dive into it. Um, so it tends to be a lot of that of like, you know, sitting down and exploring, you know, why is it, why is it you don't want to do this? Let me tell you about all the good things you're going to get out of it. And, and often that's enough to sort of, you know, get people moving on this stuff, I find anyway. Yeah. yeah. Therefore, thank mm. you so much for that. And like you say, it's a mm. continual upskill as well. Makes your mm -hmm. skills so much more transferable within other areas as well, which obviously adds value to them in their careers. So thanks so much for that input, Nick. Um, and Jay, what are your thoughts? around that yeah i i, I mean I, I think it's a, a big snap to all of those uh but i just want to build yeah. on a little bit of what charu said uh just around the recognition side of it yeah really reinforcing reinforcing that one and, and sort of building that culture of recognition in particular if someone's maybe a little bit you know, nervous about picking up a particular new skill you know leaning into that 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 recognition and encouragement and uh, making that genuine um, also, the, the in the flow of work collaboration, so making sure that they've got the support they need in the flow of work to to build something and pick up that skill and, and actually see it go live um, at some point um, is really key. Thank you so much. Um, and again, this leads back, I know, Charlie, you mentioned this quite a lot in terms of personal approach to engagement. So yeah, just keen to see how you're ensuring that you're taking a personal approach while still maintaining large teams. Um, so Nick, I'll pass this question over to yourself. So what are your mm -hmm. thoughts in regards to your personal approach? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, earlier this year, um, 
yeah, I had about five teams and a couple of those teams had been sort of like uh, built up to sort of accelerate some, some of the big projects we were delivering. Um, and so, you know, both those circumstances are not ideal, right? So, um, and, uh, okay. So yeah, I feel like there's a number of things you can do to show that you care, basically, that they're not really a, another cog in the machine. Um, and I feel like the, the cornerstone of that is probably the one-on-one. -on -one. We'll probably all be familiar with it. And it really is like a, the, the number one thing. Right, so you know, for some team members, especially like juniors, you know, people who are not so outgoing, it can be like the only opportunity to talk to their manager, right? And um, you know, for you, for a manager, you may be like, you know, one more meeting in a big long list of meetings that you've got to go to. Um, but for, yeah, the people working for you, it's super important. Um, and often, it's like it can, it can sometimes be the only way you can really figure out what's important to them. And you know what's happening outside work. You know it, it can be like that little bit of the day where they can not talk about code and not talk about the features or whatever. They can talk about something that's that's happening for them. And um, yeah, I, often those things that are happening outside work can be more important to their engagement than actually what's happening on the ground. Um, so you know, because it can often be it can sometimes be really big things. You know, maybe they're having the first child and that's stressing them out maybe their mum's sick maybe they're you know somewhere they're living is not great you know all that sort of stuff um and just talking even just talking about it right showing that you're interested um and i, I think they call it active listening so you're not just sitting there letting the words sort of wash over you're actually trying to understand and figure out where you can make things better um and i feel like these are the sorts of scenarios where you can really make that connection and it once you make that connection to your team it really you know helps drag everybody together feel engaged um and stick together through thick and thin right because there's going to be hard times there's, there's going to be good times all that sort of thing and when you got those personal engagements those personal connections um you know it it, it helps it helps get everybody through um yeah yeah, yeah no absolutely and that reinforces the point um, Grant made earlier around community as well. So is there anything that you'd like to add um, in terms of the personal approach, Grant? Yeah, sure. Look, I, I agree. It's it's not a it's not a cookie cutter approach that um, that, you know, this is how how it how, how the organization works and everyone else you just adapt and 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 keep moving. Uh, you have to respect individual situations and their perspective and and one-on-ones are, are a key part of that um, and i fully agree with nick on on taking a personal approach on one-on-one um, you know i often um, uh, discuss uh, various things um, someone moving house I'm, I'm sure every single person have would have moved house uh, you know uh, at some stage so someone moving house that's that's a common topic but then we we talk our experience. I talk my experience. Oh, oh I, I had this, this, and that. Oh, yeah. Well, make sure, make sure you call them early and, and you know plan two days in advance. And 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 in in offer in in the, in that moving house process, I'm sure everyone would have gone through a trouble as well. Um, so again, I think making making a bit more personal um, outside of work as well. Um, and also on, on team meetings as well, not just one on one. And team meetings as well. Uh, my meetings are on Fridays, and I, I often ask people, you know, 
so so it's got exciting plan for the weekend and then everyone sort of starts going i'm going camping and this and that and now i'm going to quiet one and then someone says oh i'm going camping oh make sure you do this then and or 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 how or where or oh, i haven't been there let me explore uh, next time or let me know how you go you know those sort of things and they they, they feel like Oh, actually he's interested in 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 what i'm uh, saying or, or what 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 i'm doing up what i'm doing outside of work as well and 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 sometimes them recommending them telling their manager about something or their colleagues about something and their colleagues saying thanks um or or going to that place for camping or or or, or taking their recommendation is actually is actually really rewarding even even if you don't see it that way um and and it's it's completely outside of work but but you would see that uh that both both the uh employees would feel uh really good about it so that's it's a good vibe going without actually uh, yeah. us doing much <laughs> yeah no absolutely it's building that mutual connection as well between your employees and um, charu is there any points you'd like to add yeah uh just like to build on what uh, nick and goreng just said on the involvement so one of the things we tried is like you can club that personal approach with the community activities which are more volunteer thing like not something mandatory like for example last month we had a trip to venice uh, one of the charities so we just ask organization wide which who like to join so we got a crowd of 30 and more than no organization wide so it's not people from your team so that's your very good chance to actually go outside of your boundaries interact with each other and build that social relation where you don't really talk about work you talk about what you feel about what you're feeling about the place you're going and then talking just things random not really and one of the things we do is like i know in today's world where everybody is hot desking we don't really have a personalized space but still if you going office regularly you kind of had that setup where your teams regularly come and sit so you can personalize that space uh, that also gives you that engagement feeling that this is your place you can have your handmade things or you can have your decors which are very particular to your mm-hmm. team your like we have like handcrafted t-shirts so which is funny quotes not really the name of the team but that funny quote <laughs> t-shirt is wear by everybody in the team so like in our squad so those little things that's not directly work but yes it 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 creates a sense of involvement yeah no absolutely i love that idea yeah. thank you so much charu um, and jay what are your thoughts um, around the personal approach to engagement Yeah, in particular, like it's one of those situations like was previously described around, you know, someone you might see someone struggling or, you know, you need to you need to connect with them. Changing the environment can be really key. Even even the environment now isn't necessarily the office. It's a, it's a Teams meeting or a Zoom meeting of some sort, but actually either going in and trying to find a place where you can go catch a catch a coffee together or as a as a group in a team, um if you are within relative distance to each other, or uh, other things that I've done is actually go on a walk so you take get on your phone both get on your phone for example and and turn that one on one into like a walking one on one and get out there and and just mix up the environment and just add a different element to the conversation that you might be having um yeah a couple of things that I I like to do 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I love the idea of the walking one-to-one. I might suggest that to my manager. In lockdowns, it was key when, in particular in Melbourne, when we couldn't leave, it was like, hey, let's uh, we're in our little 5K radius. We'll be on the phone and do our one-on-ones walking, get that daily exercise. Yeah, no, absolutely. Get the steps in as well. I'm a fan of that. Um, Perfect. So just on to the next question that we've got, um, which is around how do you keep things moving when hitting a challenge? Um, and this is more geared toward projects that are now in BAU phase. So how do you keep a team engaged if they're wanting to work on new features? Um, Nick, I'll pass this to yourself. So um, how do you kind of keep things moving in terms of the BAU? Yeah, this team? is a challenge, isn't it? Like sometimes yeah. we'll have, yeah, especially <laughs> when they're kind of looking over the fence and some other team's got a big project and they're like, where's my big project? And they're, they're looking at the roadmap and it's looking a bit bare, all that sort of thing. So, um, I mean, I always, I think that like the interest is where you find it, right? Like some, you know, sometimes you'll find people saying, you know, I'm not interested in this or, or, or whatever, or this is not interesting. I think if you like in anything you're doing, if you, if you dig into it, you'll find a challenge and an interest and an opportunity to learn new skills and all that sort of thing. So I find emphasizing that, that like, Hey guys, maybe we haven't got a huge project to deliver. Um, but here's all the opportunities we've got to learn new things to, to sort of, um, you know, reset, work out how we can, you know, next time we have a big project, we can do something amazing, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, that general encouragement, um, helps to, to keep everybody together. Um, yeah, cause there's a lot of things that happen all the time, right? That, that are like, <laughs> you can, you can definitely build interest in those things, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Going, is there anything that you'd like to add? I know you mentioned previously um, around like project scope. So in terms of things, how to keep things moving when you hit a challenge, what are your kind of take on that? Uh, look, in terms of um, BAU teams um, and, and, and project, what we generally do is we have uh, sort of a goalkeeper type of approach where out of six people or seven people in the team, one people is looking after, one or two people are looking after BAU uh, for this week. And then remaining four or five people are actually working on some continuous improvements, which could not be a massive project work, but which is something which is um, sort of helping improving the system. Um, and then we often talk about reducing toil. Uh, toil uh, is a repeated work, uh, which, um, which, which means that, that overall it's reducing the number of uh, work or number of tickets um, you get in BAU space. Um, so they are actually working on continuous improvements um, and then doing a development work, which is small enhancements um, uh, while they are not uh, on the tickets um, uh, during that week. So overall, because four people are working on reducing the tickets, overall the tickets, uh, the BAU, phase will reduce so you only need one or two people so that's how the the whole goalkeeper approach will will work out better no boss thank you so much for that insight and jay what are your thoughts yeah looking for um i'd say looking for outcomes inside of those like if you particularly look at working in bau buckets which can go really deep right and be really messy like where are the points of outcome inside of there that a, that a person can connect to so that they can see the value of the work they're doing it's not just 
I'm just churning through support tickets, but can you tie that to some type of outcome? Like building on what you said, Greg, like is it reducing toil or is it, um, you know, is it helping them at a certain customer pain point? So yeah, looking for that outcome and trying to tie that outcome to the work that they're doing so they can see the value of it. Yeah, 100%. And that's that's that visibility piece as well, isn't it? Um, And Chara, what are your thoughts um, around how to keep things moving when hitting a challenge? Yeah, I think as Nick said, like, uh, there's always an opportunity, even if you're doing the BAU thing, because believe me, like, none of the platforms will ever get stabilized. So there's always something you need to do to uplift the platform. So when you don't have much of the feature work, this is an opportunity where you can go and revisit your tech depth registers, where you say, okay, this, 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 I really wanted to uplift to reduce load on the team and stuff like that. So you can go and reprioritize that and try to see, okay, how it align with uh, what team really wanted to work on. And then it could be an opportunity for the team members to actually go and do those training certifications or learnings, what they always wanted to do, but don't have the time to do it. So like, I think those small things we can club and see how if it motivates them enough. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like you said, there's many variables that go together in, in regards to team engagement as well. Um, and Jay, I'd like to pass the next question over to yourself, um, purely off the back of your response as well. So how do you promote a culture of experiments and creativity, um, considering that developers are a key process in um, delivering value? So yeah, how would you let developers express their creativity within the team? Sorry, I mean, was that, was that directed to me? Yes, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I just it just cut out there for a moment. Yeah, so uh, yeah, on the on the on the experiment and creativity side, um, I think I think uh, encouraging leaving the building is um is is a good thing to do in that in that regard. So if you if you can and, and if you can if you can have an understanding of your customer, like getting out and um and giving people the opportunity and even in a time box sort of format to go and to go and learn. Um, and, and try new things and, and, and bring that back. But I guess obviously the key thing to that is like framing the experiment. So you're not just letting people, you know, run around uh, doing things willy-nilly, but more, you know, what do we hope to learn and how how is the fastest way that we can learn that? Um, it very much depends on the product that you're working on as well, like what, what stage the product is in and um, is it in an early stage, you know, point that you want to learn rapidly or is it something that's in market that you might be more targeted? And um, and the approach that you're looking at there, but yeah, encouraging folks to um, to get in to get in early on that process. Like, how do we get engineers like leaning into the discovery process of listening and and and, and being involved in customer interviews? Are, are things that I I like to do in that in that space. Yeah, okay. Thanks so much for that input. Um, and Barang, um, what was your kind of take on how do you promote culture experiments and creativity? Um, so I think oh, look. Overall, developer um, like to get things done. They like to keep moving. Uh, you know, they don't they don't prefer a situation where something is on hold or waiting for something. Um, they would rather prefer to you know um, have hit the wall um, on on their work uh, and then say that's it. I've hit a dead end and I need help. Um, so it's that's that that's. Uh, Process of experimenting and 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 uh, innovating, and there are various ways um, where it's a, it's a hack days. There's a brown bags, uh, encouraging them to um, try a new technology. Um, 
Uh, and again, time boxing it, of course, because in the end we are running a business and we have to deliver an outcome. Um, so, uh, so giving them uh, giving them enough brief that you know this is what we are trying, this is what this is what the bigger picture is, and you're allowed to experiment for X amount of days, and then then we uh, we do and then let them showcase, you know, whatever they've been. So in a way, they are actually feeling um, feeling not so much pressured, but feeling. Uh, the sense of uh, accountability that they they need to even if it's an experiment they need to still need to give it give uh, an an output to it uh, which would be a brown bag or a presentation or something um, so uh, it's it's so key uh, that that in the end uh, they are the ones who are um, who are doing the code and which is going to be uh, supporting um, the business. Absolutely, and like you say, it gives them um, like a project within a project as well. And giving those deliverables Correct. as yeah. well, no, 100%. Um, just on that front, uh, Google have that, uh, I think it was Google 70 20, uh, 10 policy, uh, which I've heard of that where the 70% of work is your uh, is your actual work, 20% is, uh, is is something else on the side, uh, is, is still your work, but you're experimenting something and 10 is completely left field uh, in, in your <laughs> personal or work, could be anything. So they they actually work on that seventy twenty ten uh, policy, which is certainly good one to try if uh, if the business allows. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, and Nick, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking that you know, I, I think, well, in my case, like managers are like key to this, right? Like, um, that, and I was thinking that there's probably two aspects to it, right? So the first aspect is, um, you know, often everything starts with an idea, right? So the, the developers coming up with ideas. So the first thing is actually listening to them. Like as in, it's very easy to, you know, when you got a busy, you got a pile of tickets, you got to deliver some big feature and everybody's screaming at you. To actually, actually take the time to listen to, you know, an idea someone's got and actually evaluate it um, sort of objectively can be hard, right? Because it's much easier to push it away and get on with, the thing you know you got to do because your boss is screaming at you about it. So that's the first step is actually kind of being open to to ideas from the devs and, and and yeah. And then the second bit is often like the manager plays a key role because they're probably the one that's advocating sort of further up the food chain to basically say, hey, you know, I got this developer, he's got a really good idea, you know, you got to you know, you got to play that delicate balance of saying, uh, you know what, it may not work out, you know, but if it does, you know, it could be amazing for the company and that's how companies move forward, right? So it, it, everybody wins, like, you know, the developer wins because they're learning new things, team wins because, you know, now they're working on a cool new thing, company wins because this is how we, this is how we, you know, build new things and just don't keep doing the same thing we've been doing for 10 years, you know, and go out of business or something. So, um, yeah, I feel like the manager is right at the core of it, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Thank you so much for that. Um, and mm. Shari, um, is there any points you'd like to give? You asked me? Yeah, oh, sorry. sorry I, I missed that. So, uh, yeah, I think what Nick said, I completely align. It's majorly with the managers as well. Like, we need to build a culture where it's okay to fail because when you're doing the experiment it's not always a win-win situation sometimes experiment doesn't work out so it's it's okay like telling the developers that it's fine if it doesn't work out but you need to try it out and see how it goes and second bit is like 
making the processes fast for example if my team try want to try something and it takes 10 days to do the development like the process is that long that nobody gonna try that and we don't have the bandwidth to say okay go and try because we know it gonna waste 10 days but if it's like uh, you do one click and your deployment happens you do one click your regression happens so your processes should be fast enough to support that experiment that yes you are okay because your deployment things are quite fast so yeah i think it it's both like your processes and the culture yeah no 100% thank you so much charay and jay is there anything else you'd like to add charay just just said it for me um the, the, i think it's the, it's the cultural thing of not every idea that we have is going to be a home run and a winner um and that we need to be accepting that you know we're in, we're experimenting to learn not to hit home runs every time so um yeah i think that's that's a really important thing culturally is that it's about the learning and then what do we do from that then you know hey I've got an idea it's going to you know, be a million dollar idea Yeah, no, of course. And the next question leads on pretty well um, in terms of the response there. Um, just around that kind of encouragement of people to speak up in that collaboration as well. So, how do you encourage team engagement for those who are technically proficient but may not like to mingle with the wider team? Um, Charlie, I'm going to pop this over to yourself. So, how would you encourage um, that kind, that that type of uh, developer within your team? it's it's very dif- uh, difficult i must say like <laughs> as, as i said before like if if someone is lacking technically it's so easy to cope up that but if it's a attitude problem or a culture problem it's very hard so sometimes i think one of the first thing i would personally do is really sit with them and try to understand what is the problem what is the gap and sometimes it's it's your culture it's just the way you've been bought up like it's not you try to do it intentionally some people are quiet by nature or you know they not really yeah. saying okay i don't want to mingle with this team it's just the way they are so that bit i think you could start explicitly asking like for example every monday we have a weekend catch up like 10 minutes quickly we ask the team it's an open floor where everybody say okay what they did on weekend but if you know that particular person is not gonna speak up then you can explicitly try to involve and ask okay you know he plays football you ask about it okay how was it and thing so sometimes you need to like ex- involve them uh, you know up. yeah so yeah that that <laughs> pretty much came to my mind Yeah, no of course. It's that kind of active listening again that we've been mentioned previously and being proactive. Um fantastic Grant, what's your take um on encouraging somebody within a team in arts and mingle? Look, um I would so we we have the the weekly status meetings uh, and we uh, we go through a trailer board and all the um the the, the usual uh, the work in progress and all that kind of stuff. And um earlier um I think what Three, three years ago or so I used to chair those meetings and, and then I said that's it I'm not I'm not going to chair those meetings anymore and and everyone takes turn um so so even the person who is who is, is sort, of, sort of a quiet type of person he's he's also forced to chair those meetings and and taking uh, the example what Charu just gave you know those 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 weekend or Monday meetings um instead of a manager chairing the meeting or leading the conversation we'll just take turns saying okay um this week you're taking a turn then the next week and then next person next person which means that everyone is is running the meeting uh once every uh four to six weeks 
so so that way you know they they are um they, they feel empowered they 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 are encouraged to to initiate the conversation themselves instead of waiting for someone to ask a question and answer um, yeah. that sort of work work well for me yeah yeah no of course and nick um what kind of what kind of tools or strategies would you use in terms of trying to keep yeah, that person engaged there's a few things there, right? like <laughs> i was just thinking about all the ways that you know sort of people can not necessarily sort of get fully sort of or mingle with the team so i mean some people more are going some people less so right it's just it's just natural you know it's part of people's personality um it, and that's okay you know like if it's bothering them um sure like I, I in the past i've worked with people who you know it bothers them like they want to be more engaged and they can't because they're just not they're just quite shy or something like that and so there's actually, you know, and some of them, they also like, you know, join an outside group, like join a, you know, like whatever your hobby is or something, there's things like Toastmasters and all that sort of stuff, which gets you to stand up in public and, 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 and get comfortable with talking to people. Um, if, you know, if it's not that, if they're just quiet, it's all right. I mean, the, and then in that case, I'd probably take the approach where, you know, I often think like the people who are the loudest. I don't really have to help them, right? Because the message of getting across, if anything, it's like, yeah, just tone it down a little. It's the quiet, <laughs> it's the quiet ones where it's like, you know, that's where that, you know, I was talking about earlier about the one-on-ones, like that's where that really comes in. It's like you hear a whisper from them, it's probably something super important, right? Because like they, they just don't want to talk at all. So, you know, through the one-on-ones or like we're in a meeting and, you know, they sort of, they start to talk and it's like, no, 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 you know, encourage, you know, let, let's everybody quiet for a sec. Let's let it, let's let, you know, him or her get the message out. So, yeah, I, it's funny, right? The, the ones, it's, it's sort of just mindfulness really and caring where you just, you know, you're encouraging them to, to 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 get better, and and then when they speak with the voice they have, you try and amplify it for them. I think it's my sort of two wrong approach. Yeah, one hundred percent, and that goes back to as well, just instilling some confidence in them to be able to voice their opinions as well, which is fantastic. Um, mm. And Jay, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Again, a lot of folks have covered uh, covered things already. I think one just to add in is is building a, a team working agreement. And I know that, that they, they're the sorts of things that can evolve over time, but having awareness of, of how others like to work is really key. Um, that way you can sort of look for people that can work with each other. So you might have someone in the team that's like, I don't like to pair. I've got some folks that do like to pair are there opportunities there is there opportunities for encouragement to, to do that at some point but yeah what's going to work best so people have generally aware, an awareness of that and then the team can yeah have an understanding overall yeah 100 percent um we're running out of time but i'm going to squeeze one last question in so just in terms of developer burnout what should we be cons- what should we be considering um when engineers are expected to be a master of everything so Ryan, i'll pass this question over to yourself so how would you avoid de- developer burnout um yeah that's a tough one um considering <laughs> um now we have uh, we have uh, shifted most of the aspects of the software engineering uh, towards the left so the developers uh, have a lot of responsibility uh, on that plate um i don't i don't honestly i don't have the, the right answer for that uh, but what we try to do is um, make a standard way of doing things uh, and for example uh, if if someone is developing an api we have an api template 
um, which which uh, is 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 covering everything. Uh, well, all the basic building blocks of uh, an application, including the infrastructure and everything, covers cloud formation templates, the for AWS, and and some of the build scripts and some of the security agents and everything is covered in the API template. Uh, so developer doesn't have to think everything. And then when they start building a new application, they just take the template and start start writing the actual business logic. So that's something has worked for us in terms of that burn that part of burnout um, <laughs> where you uh, you you where someone is expecting developer to be across everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for that insight. I really appreciate it. And Nick, what are your thoughts? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Like burnout is it's like endemic to engineering in general like always has been you know it's why it's why agile exists is to sort of try and reduce this problem you know um i mean overall i mean the, the first thing is to try and detect it right like we we have had people where we were like oh this, this person's in trouble right so you really have to you know keep an eye out for all the metrics and you know and then signs that we talked about right at the start so that's you know, the first thing is to catch it early right and then yeah look if we find someone's just you know it can happen right people can end up on a project and it just it just has so much going on and everybody's really need this thing delivered and well you know all the rest of it um so yeah i mean if what we one of the approaches we take is to sort of talk to the team like everybody in the team about we might not be specific but basically try and make sure that people are aware of the the workload spread across the team right because sometimes especially if someone's good they can end up carrying like a, you know all the load of the team and people don't realize because they're so good they're still they're still you know reviewing those pull requests um etc um but actually yeah, but actually they may end up sort of struggling a bit. So it's one of those, it's one of those tricky things as a manager, you've just got to look everywhere on the one-on-ones, any sort of measures you've got to detect it and then, and then try and, you know, either using the agile process to sort of keep the workload in check or just working with the whole team to make sure everybody's kind of being kind to this person who's, you know, that, that, that is um, that's suffering a bit. Yeah. Those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And it's grouping together as well as a as a larger team as well to support one another. Um mm. perfect. Jay, is there anything you'd like to add in regards to developer burnout, what your experiences are? Yeah, I think one thing to add into that is is managing expectations for for the team as well. So in particular with stakeholders, um, those expectations around the delivery aspects of, of what we're doing and um and when something might might happen. Uh, making sure that you're you're very transparent around that for the team and the data that that shows the progress for the team overall can help sort of set the expectation for folks external to the team, but also inside the team that we're fostering some type of sustainable pace. We don't have to just continue to be flat stick at 110% all the time. You know, we can look for something optimal so we can bring other things in. Like we want people to have work-life balance and um, yeah, be able to be creative in their roles as well. Fantastic. Um, and Charu, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, yeah, I think like one of the approaches we use is having mid-sprint check-ins 
just to see where we are with the sprint and how we going so we have a real idea of what we going to deliver and as nick mentioned making sure that who's doing the job is not overloaded with all the tickets and everybody is having like kind of equal contribution and second thing is like we highly promote saying no like you don't have to accept everything coming your way you have to make sure that your team is able to actually capture and observe that much so that's something we we really working towards uh, sometimes it's hard but yep and third thing could be like for example if some team member has to try something new so we usually keep 3 4 days as a cool off period where we don't expect any delivery out of it it's more about ramping up with the new things getting to know the system setting up the systems locally so that ramping period is very important not really start expecting things from the day one so yep yeah i suppose that as well it relieves a bit of that pressure as well isn't it like you're saying yep. to avoid burnout overall Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for all your contributions. Um, before we end, I'd just like to say thank you all so much for sharing all your thoughts within today's conversation. Um, I really appreciate all your collaboration over the past few weeks. I've really enjoyed getting to know you all as individuals, and also all together in one room finally. Um, so yeah, once again, our guests today have been Grang, the engineering manager from Ospost. We have Charu, the tech lead from Bunnings. We have Jay, the lead product delivery coach for Culture, and we also have Nick, the engineering platform manager at OFX. So if you're hearing and you're looking for a new technical role, feel free to get in touch with me here at Evolution, or if you know anybody who would like to feature on a future episode, you can drop me a message again. Thanks so much for all our guests and to all our listeners at home. We'll catch you next time on the Evolution Exchange. Thank you.